0: Welcome in, Kiora, to another episode of the Podfathers, the San Diego Padres podcast. On tonight's episode, we got Matt returning on the show back in SoCal, actually. That's fantastic for for me, at least. Uh, Matt, how's how's it going with the uh, SoCal sunshine coming back in your life, even though it hasn't been that sunny?
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah, it's great. Back in San Diego, uh, made the move back from Oregon to San Diego temporarily, so... We'll see when we first got here it was raining like all all, all the time, so that was <laughs> that was interesting, but now it's nice and sunny and in great weather, so it's uh yeah, perfect for baseball that's for sure i was wasn't there there was a rain out scare right in the very beginning yeah opening
0: day yeah I went I went to opening day and um they they actually delayed the game I think it was supposed yeah. to be like twelve or something or whatever, and it ended up being back to like six o'clock um and it didn't rain the whole day until we got there so <laughs> <laughs> the adjusted time so classic san diego weatherman he yeah. or she had no crit. right <laughs> um, at 98 of the time you just say it's sunny with like partly cloudy <laughs> it's like, sometimes
1: it's gonna rain today <laughs> oh my god
0: <laughs> yeah there's a cloud and it didn't it didn't precipitate until the game actually started so that's funny um yeah, no, that's 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 right. I know. I think there still hasn't, to my knowledge, been double digit delays. Not even rainouts. Definitely not double digit rainouts in Peko Park's history. I know that, like, out of the eight or seven or eight or nine, there's been like two or three B's, <laughs> B storms that have delayed um, the game. But I've yeah, actually def-
1: been to one. I've been to a rainout. Really? Like, I've been to ago. one rainout too. Really? you meant the There's B not one. many. There's not many of them.
0: <laughs> no that's that's like a that's a good bingo card that's kind of I, like lottery-esque yeah right i bought tickets
1: for my for me and my dad to go see a game and so we went and i think it was like two innings in and it got just it started dumping rain and it, like they just canceled the game like they literally <laughs> just canceled it and we're like i was like all right that's
0: <laughs> that's great <laughs> happy birthday dad <laughs> yeah
1: I think it was like father's day or something yeah. that I, I did it <laughs>
0: Like, all right, yeah, and it's well, like that was at, fun at that time. They're like, "Ah, we weren't gonna win anyways. We'll just cancel it. Just <laughs> give the other team the win." <laughs> yeah, it was definitely yeah during one of one of those teams
1: where we had Alexia Marista or something in the lineup.
0: Yeah, star leading off. <laughs> the yeah, the
1: stud lead off
0: Oh man, I I thought you meant you're at one of the the B delays. I was about to say that oh. would be, but nightmare for me i might not make it out alive no joke <laughs> yeah that's right Definitely <laughs> allergic. <laughs> there's that's a swarm true. of bees at petco park then like <laughs> might have to just call it quits there but um <laughs> that's uh no yeah rain there's one other game i was with my brother too uh and we held out strong i think it was like a three-hour delay and everyone basically left and so somehow at like 10 at night they're like let's do it let's keep the game going (laughs) so we were there till like midnight and he's driving in his like ford fusion on the way back And all i remember is just like hydroplaning like left and right down the 163 like the whole time it was the scariest damn thing but um yeah so that's the only one i've i've been in i guess now uh other than well wasn't a delay last year in the playoffs that was probably if it wasn't a playoff game it with the stakes that it was, it probably would have got delayed based on how much it was pissing down. But um yeah, I mean the the theatrics from from that just made it so dramatic. So I'm really excited that they didn't didn't end up canceling that one. But um that would have been pretty anticlimactic. So but uh anyways, we uh no rain lately, other than the Padres being a little bit Rainy on offense and kind of all over the place, actually pitching as well. But uh, just with that being said, update through we're recording on a uh, Thursday night. So return of the king today's episode Uh, watching currently on one screen. We're in the eighth inning. So Tati's is over four, but recording on Thursday night. So before the end of this game, they're nine and eleven currently throughout the uh, first 20 games of the year. I was looking at our which I didn't really realize but I was looking copying and pasting from last year's agenda about this time just to get the general format and our record was 15 and 8. Um I know we haven't played that many games but I didn't realize we got off to such a hot start. I know that we kind of fizzled midway through the year but I forgot about that hot start last year. So um that kind of threw me back. I mean we didn't have Fernando then either. So um yeah, but I know we play some tough teams this year, but 9-11, uh, we'll get into it a little bit more later on, but a little bit of a disappointing start to say the least, as we all know. <clears throat> that being said, team batting, we are 28th in the majors right now at 228. Uh, that coincides to two runs being scored in the last four games before tonight. We're currently at seven, so we have just blown those last four games out of the water fantastically. Uh, hitting at a 308 on or getting on base at a 308 clip, Good for 22nd in the majors. Thank you, Juan Soto. Uh, and a 383 slugging, good for 18th in the MLB. And I think we're top 10 in home runs. So that just goes to show you that, you know, at least the hits that we are getting are the uh, the round trippers there. Uh, Xander, he's leading pretty much every category, major category. Uh, average at 342. OPS 953, 26 hits. Uh, f- and then he's tied for the team lead in home runs with four. Uh, with Juan and Grish who has been a fantastic kind of bright spot I would say uh, to the year we know that defense is going to be there but offensively he's been pretty solid pitching wise uh, 408 ERA good for 13th in the MLB so about middle of the pack 172 strikeouts collectively as a unit that's something where I feel like we're just year in and year out like top 10 even regardless of you know how high ERA or whip is um, and then speaking of whip we're 18th at a 136 clip so Uh, you know, again, we'll kind of get into the uh the nitty-gritty of how we feel about the the start to the season, but collectively with that nine and eleven record, pretty close to five hundred. We based off those numbers, we might even be a little bit lucky that we're in, you know, that close to five hundred. So it's it kind of it does coincide a little bit with our record there. Uh Fernandez just made a great running grab actually in right field. That was fantastic to see. Uh, but anyways, other than that, that's That'll, the whole it's pretty much like a Petco Park home game right now. It's, the crowd's hyped from that. But uh anything from those stats that kind of stick out to you, Matt, or you know, both in a good or or bad way?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think honestly, for me, seeing the pitching, I guess, be above maybe slightly above average is kind of surprising because it, it seems like at least maybe it's just the bullpen. So it maybe yeah. like is just like a magnifying glass on late in the game they're just giving up runs but it seemed like the pitching hadn't been great they've been okay but uh yeah the lineup has just not been hitting and yeah they just seem to be in a slump obviously Manny and Soto are not, yeah. are not hitting it's a great thing that we've got Xander it's a great thing we have our Gosh. new signed shortstop yeah who's hitting and playing pretty good defense too so he's been like the one of the only guys actually performing in the lineup, and you hit on it already. But Gresham is is at least slugging like he's still hitting what what's his average right? At least before this start of this game, he's hitting two fourteen, mm-hmm. which is not amazing. But he get he takes his walk, so you know it's not the end of the world. But if yeah. he's hitting homers and doubles, you know. That's already better than last year's 180 average.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. It's I, I kind of feel like he's c- carrying over what he did in the postseason to this year, and that's where obviously at that time he was raking, super stoked. From everyone was very excited that you know he just flipped the script from regular season to postseason. I know he had a horrible NLCS, but. I really feel like he carried that momentum and that confidence and then a stash as well into this year <laughs> and has just really kind of put it all together. And he's had, he's a streaky guy, even when, you know, in the COVID season and the year after that, he's always been super hot and then mechanically he gets a little out of whack and he gets extremely cold and then it's just kind of back and forth. So if what he's kind of done this year is he's had some cold spells already, even early on in the year, but he's limited that and he's getting on base at a lot better clip too. So he's always been a good Walker. He's he strikes it's he's such an anomaly when it comes to walks and strikeouts. Cause he like leads the team in both typically, even when he's not leading off. Uh, so he's got a great eye and then he chases as well. So um, the fact that, if, you know, if he can, mitigate those those downstreaks just like any player in that in them will be right but um then he can you know the defense is going to be there so he's going to we know that we can rely on him there <laughs> made some great great plays already this year awesome play tonight but just even this season he's been phenomenal so if we can get some mildly decent production offensively cuz before you know he's been and you know if tatis or whoever is going to get a little bit of a of a day off here and there he might be at the top of the order but typically Speaking, he's gonna be now a seven, eight, nine guy. So if you can get a two hundred and fifty season out of him, he leads the team in home runs. You know, then um, he's he's metric wise on stat cast. he's way way ahead of the curve of last year. Made some massive improvements. So um, yeah, yeah, I think and we'll, a
1: nerdy stat
0: Grisham released thus far,
1: weighted runs created plus is a stat that kind of basically. Measures how a player is performing offensively compared to the rest of the league. Mm-hmm. One hundred in that stat is league average. Grisham, as it stands, is at one ten, so he's about ten percent yeah. above league average, which is great. Like a one ten <clears throat> weighted runs created plus with a great defensive center fielder. Yeah,
0: that's that's amazing. Very valuable player. Yeah, I would. This just came to me, but I wonder if. Maybe I shouldn't give away too much because anything that you say now is just going to get swooped up. But if you had like a WRC plus the weighted runs created plus, and you did it for the eligibility was hitters like six through nine, you know, Um, so your average at 100, obviously, a lot of your better hitters are hitting at top of the lineup. So that weight would be much different. I bet you his WRC plus for hitters like six through nine would probably be like 150. Um, so he's creating a lot more value than someone that has even a 110 with average defense in that's like leading off for second. So um really, really good point there. Yeah, no, that's solid. Anytime you can be above average and you're hitting down below with gold glove, literally gold glove uh, caliber defense, then um that's all you can really ask for. So hope to see him kind of carry it. I have a weird feeling that he's going to do it. It's kind of a contract year for him too. Um, I know he's not our, or I think he's arbitration eligible next year. So it is kind of a really important year for him. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see if he can continue that. He's got a, no pressure this year too. He's literally just sitting at the bottom there, just swinging away. So he hit
1: 180 last year. So yeah, no pressure. <laughs>
0: no, not literally, he made. He's the starting center fielder, and he hit 180 last year. So literally, <laughs> no pressure. He can't do much worse than that. So, um, and I don't. I definitely have a feeling that he's not even going to be close to that this year. But um, on the flip side, injury. Uh list update. Uh Suarez today in a corresponding move for Tatis coming back, which we'll get into here. It's probably gonna dominate our episode today. Uh he got moved to the 60-day IL to make room for Tatis on the on the 40 man. So didn't have to DFA anyone. I know uh Odor was probably gonna be the guy to get cut, so he's selfishly a little bit happy that Suarez's elbow is not feeling too hot. Uh 60-day IL. I know that he was originally projected to come back about mid April, then it went to early May, and then it went to mid-May. And now 60 day IL is telling you at best, like back end of May, early June. Uh that to me does not sound good at all. I think that not realistically speaking, but if we just want to be conservative, we almost need to write off I almost want to say for the full year, but at least for half the season, just pretend like he's not gonna appear uh so that just makes a thin bullpen already much much thinner uh chris matt also went on the 15 dial 15 day il with a left hip strain that might have been a non-dfa move as well to get him on there because he's been really really poor this year it's been a bit tough to see i know he pitched in the world baseball classic so he might be a little gassed. so just giving a little bit of a break there Campy, Campisano, 10 day IL with a left thumb sprain. David Dahl, 10 day IL with a right quad strain. And others on there, Pomeranz. Uh, he is, he just made a rehab appearance in like Elsinore yesterday, I believe, or two days ago, and it was one inning with a strikeout. So good to beat up on those low A guys up the up the freeway there. Morahone kind of same thing, a little bit worse than, than Suarez. I think he's. They're expecting him to be done for the year. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets his second Tommy John, which is going to be a bummer. Uh, Adam Engel, new signing from the White Sox. He is on a rehab assignment, so he should be coming back soon, which will be really interesting to see the, the place that he takes. I'd imagine that, again, probably be Odor. And then No-No Joe, he's been on the shelf since the beginning of the season with that broken toe. And then he should have been back, but he made – I don't know if you saw the video. I'm sure he did. He – AAA rehab start. <laughs> classic just he gives it all all the time goes for a little dinker tries to dive and do some gnarly flip completely airmails it lands on his throwing shoulder and he needs a cortisone shot as a corresponding bit of treatment there so good thing is the course the cortisone shot was more just to keep the healing going apparently but anytime you hear that in the throwing shoulder um not good but he should be back on saturday the 22nd. So that'll be fantastic for the starting rotation. So I felt like I just read a novel there with the amount of guys on, <laughs> on the shelf right now. So, um, I mean, Suarez is kind of that big name, obviously right now, especially with the news coming out that he was moving to the 60 AIL. Anyone on there that you think could really, really improve this team, uh, coming back that has a legitimate shot to, to come back relatively soon or even, well, even halfway through the year?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think as it stands now, when you look at our pitching, it just seems thin, right? Like yeah. bullpen, especially, but the rotation just seems thin. We're getting decent production out of guys that maybe weren't, we weren't really expect, expecting. We weren't mm-hmm. really expecting to. Yeah. Um, so if Pomeranz and Musgrove can get plugged back in to our bullpen and rotation, it's going to look a hundred percent better. Maybe yeah. who knows with Pomeranz. Cause he's, you know, he's been battling injuries for seems like forever. Yeah. Um, so who knows what we can get out of him, but when he's healthy, man, he is, could be a closer. So yeah. You know, he's, he's pretty good. Obviously we know what Musgrove can do. So I think it's, I think those two guys are going to be important. Suarez is tough because anytime you have a an arm issue like that, you, yeah, like you said, you don't really know how bad that is. And sometimes, like you already alluded to with pitchers, and it's an arm soreness, elbow soreness. It like doesn't get better. It doesn't get better, and they're done. And you know, they're done for the year. Yeah, just like weren't expecting that. So it's going to be tough to expect him back look kind of like you already said.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the stuff that worries me too about the guys, like him and him more home, that would be Tommy John number two, uh, mm-hmm. which, you know, statistically has, you haven't seen a lot of success coming back from that. Um, I know with modern medicine that has been getting better. Like a classic example on the roster right now is, is uh Honeywell. Um, they just, upheld the challenge on trent grisham trying to steal second which was absolutely ridiculous but anyways i divert back i'm getting some like live play-by-play which is not going to make any sense listening to this later but whatever it's distracting me um honeywell is a a good example of you know having two tommy johns and at least correct me if i'm wrong i'm pretty sure he's had two tommy johns with that screwball action and he's come back So, um, there's been a few now, you know, that have done it. So every year that we advance, um, you know, medically and just, you know, it's just going to have a higher chance. I mean, you look back at guys in the seventies, eighties that blew out their ACL and they were just, you know, like pretty much might as well amputate the damn leg, you know, let alone come back and play sports. Um, so hopefully we can see, see some good recovery there, but that does worry me a little bit considering that those two have had had it in the past. Um, and then, yeah, I think out of the other guys, like you said, Pomeranz, I mean, he really at his peak when he went kind of more full-time reliever he was like a like a poor man's hater and not like that poor of a hater either like he was like average salary hater like he was <laughs> like a, i don't want to say like a like a hater 2.0 and not a poor man's hater he was like right in the middle if not a little bit higher than in the middle um he's just nasty with that knuckle curve Velo is his first you know rehab appearance for a while Is Velo sitting at 93 he used to be, I mean, he, he was about like 95, 94 to 97, uh, if I remember correctly. And he's been a little bit older. He's gotten a little bit older too. So you're going to see that, but um, we'll see. I mean, anytime you got a lefty out of the bullpen, it can only be a good thing. So um, we shall see. But yeah, other than basically half the squad on the IL, maybe that's <laughs> part of the reason at least we got Tatis back. I know he wasn't on the IL, but that might be a, uh, Definitely is a contributing factor as to why we've started a bit slow this year. So good to see Musgrove and, and Tatis coming back and some others following here soon. But <clears throat> speaking of Tatis, 564 days, Matt, since his last bit of action at the major league level for the San Diego Padres. What are your, I mean, I'm sure you're extremely excited just like everyone else is, but uh just to start how how much do you think it means to this team? I mean, even if we were, you know, how many games we t- say we were 15 and five, right? It still would have been massive, but how much do you think it it means to this squad now, just with, with the timing of him coming back on 420? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's massive. Yeah, it's huge,
1: especially since he's gonna
0: be taking, you know, we were running
1: guys out like Rujan Odor and David Dahl. Like he's taking that spot in the lineup, which is a negative to, you know, an elite, elite offensive player, hopefully elite defensively. But, you know, we'll see. He seems to be like he has potential to stick in right field, which is pretty crazy for him to be able to do that as like a lifetime shortstop. But uh, but he's the kid, you know, he's the he's that's what he does he's athletic he makes amazing plays and he you know he's one of the best offensive he was an offensive shortstop so moving to right field he can just be a spark plug for the lineup and what I'm what I'm most interested to see is when he does start to get hot in the majors I to see the media flip again because Mm -hmm. the media is down on him and you know obviously with any PED suspension that's kind of what's going to happen but once he gets back rolling it's going to be a 180 flip the media is going to back be back to you know loving him
0: that's what yeah. I'm excited to see <laughs> yeah and there's always going to be haters there's haters before he even did that you know just cuz anytime you're good you're just going to have people hating all over him or anyone for that matter uh but yeah no you're totally right like once he starts just being himself again i mean David Ortiz failed a drug test. He's in the hall of fame. You know, you got guys that have been in the hall of fame that have done the same. You've had guys that haven't that, you know, well, they even haven't failed a drug test and didn't make it, but clearly they were on, on some sort of steroids. The one takeaway for me is he was, he got caught when he was rehabbing. And again, it's still a zero tolerance, no excuse at all. You should know exactly what you're putting into your body at any given moment. Uh, But the fact that he was doing it while rehabbing is a little bit of the silver lining for me. <laughs> Never gotten caught when he's been playing. So I'll yep. I'll run with that. But um I yeah, just to kind of echo your point about him being a lot, li- like he literally played shortstop his entire life, like since he was like probably maybe 18 months. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm five years old. It was like when when Fernando Tati Sr. had him running being able to walk he said take grounders out in the 5.5 hole over there uh he it just goes to show you how incredible of an athlete he is to you know two innings ago in the sixth inning or seventh inning he just made inning ending grab that there's a lot of guys that wouldn't have got there if Juan Soto was out in right field he wouldn't have got there like just saying based off of you know how fast it he had to be to get there so if you give him some seasoning out there and some experience i mean he has a cannon for an arm already that was one of his main attributes at shortstop there um i think he can be a really really special right fielder and to be honest with you it might actually be the best possible position for him because of the way that he plays he is 100 miles per hour every single play if you're going to do that at shortstop you're going to have some seasons where you're going to be a gold glover and you're going to have some seasons where he's had, where you're going to have the most amount of errors. Cause you're trying to do everything possible. You're getting the places where a lot of other guys wouldn't get trying to do, you know, the impossible. Um, so in right, if he, you know, lasers, a guy at third um, and he overthrows it and he stays there, you know what I mean? Like there, there's a lot less uh, touches per game out in the outfield there. And he, he can definitely cover the ground there athletically. Now it's just a matter of learning how to track it. And I think he's, he's such a talent. He's going to be, he's going to be just fine doing that. But. Um,
1: Especially now when, when guys are running like crazy on the base pass, having a cannon in right field instead of oh, you yeah. know, Juan Soto is okay, but he's, yeah, he's, he's definitely, a good
0: arm. Not great. <laughs> all
1: right. Yeah. But having a cannon in right field is going to be important.
0: Yeah. He's probably the best arm we've out, had out there since Renfro. Um yeah, and yeah, exactly. And he's that raw too. So imagine once he starts like knowing when to hit the cutoff guy. He already missed the cutoff guy probably twice today, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> stuff like that. Like it's gonna be the really the the ceiling is kind of kind of endless for him. It always has been. So I mean you mm-hmm. could stick him at third, you could stick him at second, you could stick him center probably at, you Which know, catcher, crazy. like he'll yeah. freaking probably throw him on the mound and he'll get a job done. So um, he's just, he's such a phenomenal athlete. I'm so excited to see him back um, as is the whole, the whole team, all the fans, everyone like that. So, uh, and then, I mean, with that being said, I know a ceiling is as pretty much as infinite as possible. What do you think is a realistic expectation with 140 games? Let's say like 130 games under, under his belt this season.
1: I don't mean that's a that's an interesting question because he hit, what was it, 47 homers in like 130
0: games basically? Yeah, uh-huh.
1: So, I think, I mean, it, it's <laughs> hey, going to <hey>. be <laughs>
0: – He <You> also <laughs> hit, what, five and seven at-bats like last week? <laughs> yeah. Mind you, yeah. AAA, but still.
1: I I do think he's going to start slow, which I think we've seen already today in the his first game back.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: he's going to – there's going to be an adjustment period. Cause, I mean, he hasn't – Played in a major league game for in forever. So there's always an adjustment period. Um, And I think he's just, I mean, I, I really don't see how he could be anybody other than himself. So he's, he's going to hit, he's always hit. Like he, he never hasn't hit. Like what we're seeing from Soto, he's not really hitting, but he's walking. Like that's what Soto does. Yeah. He takes his walks. uh, And like, he'll run in, you know, he'll hit homers. Uh, then normally he has in the past hit, but sometimes he, you know, he'll hit like 250. Yep. You know Tatis will hit, has he, he does have the risk because he does strike out a decent amount, Tatis, that is, mm-hmm. of hitting like maybe 250, 260, but that's his floor. Like he can mm-hmm. hit 300 easily with 47 bombs. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and with the new rules on the base path. I think he'll be still in a bunch of bags too. Yeah. Like we've seen with uh, Acuna already.
0: Yeah. No, that's, that's a really good point. He's a, he's the perfect kind of comp guy, honestly, Acuna. Uh, I think he even has like a little bit more pop than Acuna, which is ridiculous to even, which is crazy. (laughs) It's just so stupid uh, to even consider that. But I think a realistic season for Tatis, assuming he stays healthy is a 2020 season. Uh, I think that's, pretty realistic to have 20 low 20s in home runs like low to m- mid 20 stolen bases yeah. uh he had That's
1: conservative I would say maybe. Yeah. conservative uh, expectation.
0: Yeah, con- yeah, I yeah, I would say yeah, conservatively realistic like if we're being like bottle bottom end of realistic that is probably where we're looking and that that is just how pivotal and important he is to this lineup. I mean, we thought that Without him, we would be completely fine and amazing offensively. That hasn't been the case. Uh, I still think that, you know, we all know that they've underachieved like crazy, except for except for Xander, really. Um, and probably Grish, if you throw him in there. But and Padres just got the dub seven five. So bring that record up to ten and eleven. Uh so and especially with I mean, if he's gonna be leading off every day, he's got one soda behind him. So what are they gonna do? Walk him and then Juan and then Manny to get to Xander, like it's not going to happen. So from the get-go, he's going to have lineup protection. So 2020 season, I think, is very, very realistic unless they pump the brakes a little bit on the stolen bases to limit the the injuries. That's the only way I could see him not getting there. But, yeah. I mean, you got to remember, he's had three surgeries since the last time he's played too. So that's going to be part of an adjustment period. But we haven't seen him fully healthy After since his, his rookie year. Yeah, not to, his legs. not to his legs no none to his legs he's had two wrists and a soldier and a shoulder so um and they're completely healed now so sprinkle in a little uh anabolic steroid to have that <laughs> no i'm just kidding <laughs> he did he had the surgeries after that <laughs> always helps but um no so i think yeah realistically he's gonna be a dog <laughs> that's like you're saying before it's Odor or Dahl as a platoon to Tatis. I mean, that's just no, no. Like offense to those guys at all. David Dahl has actually. Mm-hmm. It, if he didn't get hurt, he probably would have been playing a lot more than Odor was mm-hmm. out in right field. Um, yeah. And I still think he's going to be a pretty important part of this team off the bench. But it's there. They you can't compete to Tatis. Like pretty much no one can. Um, so really exciting to to see that but I mean out of everyone that I kind of named behind him um who do you think is benefiting the most from his return out of out of every anyone on the squad
1: that's yeah, an interesting question I think uh maybe you know at least from my I guess my opinion my perspective maybe soto might kind of benefit a little bit more with the spot like being on Tatis again. And, you know, it kind of just seems like he's trying to do too much at the plate.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
1: like crazy to say because Soto like is the opposite, right? But when he does swing, it just seems like he's trying to you know, crush the ball. Yeah. So uh, You know, he's still taking walks like crazy. Soto is, he's at like... A yeah, he's always going to get on base. 22% walk rate, which is nuts. <laughs> it's, it's normal dead. for him, yeah. But you know his average is at 194, which, so that's that's definitely not going to stay that way. No, um, yeah. And I think with Tatis now back, it just seems like it seems like we have a team that's like a puzzle, and then Tatis is just the missing piece. Mm-hmm. Like you just you can plug him in, and like now that the team feels like it feels like the Padres again
0: yeah tattoos back it does no i think that that's a perfect analogy and then like if you want to just like wax over the puzzle to not move any of the pieces (laughs) that's joe musgrove is the wax (laughs) So, (laughs) Um, no that just to keep that that analogy going but um no i think that's a such a good point just because it just like I said, it didn't feel like, you know, it felt like we'd get by with him. We definitely should have been doing better than we are now, especially offensively. Um, but not only like he's tonight game finished win seven to five over five didn't get a hit tonight, had a couple good plays on defense, but the the energy and then just for one, Juan and everyone else is going to be extremely pumped from that on his room. It's like just a fresh start right off the bat. Number two, 162 games. You could have as many fresh starts throughout the year, and it's only going to help. I mean, it can get stagnant quick in an MLB clubhouse. So, anytime you see that, no matter when, is going to be helpful. Number two, they're so honed in on Tatis that Juan was probably getting a little bit easier pitches tonight, like Manny was. And then look at Xander's like, oh, I'm the forgotten guy. Has a two run bomb tonight again. You know, like he's literally our best hitter right now on the squad. And now he's going to be the one that has even less pressure. So it just takes off so much pressure from literally everyone else in the squad. So I would, I would echo that. I think, um, I think Juan Soto is probably the guy that benefits the most from him. I'd say Manny is probably another one, you know, just cause then less of a, less of the weight on Manny's shoulders. Um, but, Coming back to Grish, I would say he is probably like 1A, 1B with Soto at this point in terms of who it's going to benefit the most. Because, again, from a pressure standpoint, like we were saying earlier, he's now guaranteed to hit seven through nine in the lineup with everyone, the strongest guys out there playing. And I mean, just have a go, you know, at that point. Like, just and tonight, perfect example. He's like had a couple hits, had a should have had a stolen base, had. Couple RBIs. Uh, I mean, he's getting interviewed right now by Bob Scanlon, so he obviously <laughs> had a good game. Um, so I think he had the the winning two run double um, at the end of the game there. So it, I think, in terms of you know who's going to benefit, he it's been yeah. So here, here's his actual his full line for the night: two for three, two doubles, four RBIs, and a walk. Uh, it's his fourth career game with four or more RBIs. So Tati's been back one game and <laughs> it's already paying dividends. So I so guess. So you're right. You're already right. Apparently you're I'm right. right. I probably formulated <laughs> that from just seeing how Coach played tonight. Um <laughs> a little bit of recency bias there, but uh I think the the really Dumb answer is probably everyone, right? I mean, I don't know if anyone individually benefits the most, but (laughs) if I had to pick, it'd probably be Chris or Chris or Soto. But
1: well, yeah, I was I was debating between Manny and Soto because Manny hasn't been hitting at all.
0: Yeah, Um, Mm
1: -hmm. he's been in a slump pretty much the whole year so far. Four point eight percent walk rate, which is so low, especially yeah, yeah,
0: twenty
1: two point six percent K rate, which is sort of in line with what he's done. He's just not. Slugging like his slugging is, yes, yeah, at 316. So he's not really, you know, but he, he will obviously. He yeah. has a, a whole career of a track record to show yeah. that he will hit. It's just a matter of when, and it could be as he tattoos could be a spark plug for many.
0: Yeah, it that's a really, really good point. I mean, he had a yesterday's game against the Braves, uh, Hilliard and center, highway robbery, just great catch. It should have. Easily been a home run, and he made a fantastic yeah. home run saving catch right there. um So, in terms of like slugging and early season, you know, stats here, how much that weights like that would have bumped it up. He would have doubled his home run total for the year. He would have a couple more RBIs, <laughs> stuff like that. You know, so, True. um so yeah, I think that's probably those three guys are are the most. I mean, you could really pick pick apart like the entire lineup yeah. and go. Crone's hitting five, fifth or six now. Like now, Crone mm-hmm. is no pressure. You know, like nola like <laughs> maybe not nola he's been really <laughs> um you know kim is like he can just same thing he doesn't have to worry about being top of the lineup he can just swing away playing second uh so but yeah i'd say i mean you could really break it down with those those three guys i think other than probably O'Dor and doll <laughs> they're not benefiting from his return because they're not playing at all uh but Yeah, I think that's a good, good point. I definitely agree with you on Soto Manny and then throw Grish in in the mix there, but I just kind of round up tonight's episode. Um, I don't want to end on like a downer really. We'll we'll end positive, but just initial feelings so far on the season. I know it's been pretty disappointing, but um, to start on the negative so we can end positive, who has been the most disappointing to you so far this season maybe maybe in terms of like you know even a surprise disappointment or someone who kind of thought maybe was along the lines not going to do so hot um could even be a collective effort for years <laughs>
1: well i will say it's i mean again it's hard it, not that i'm picking on manny but it's hard to not mention him if if we're talking about you know slow starts at least i mean you know he's where he's at is he's at a Basically a zero war in 84 plate appearances, like, you know, 20 games. It's not, that's not nothing. That's not a tiny sample.
0: Uh, With really um, good defense, mind you. Right. Correct. Very good defense. With
1: good defense. So Mm. his, his offensive performance has not been good, but no, I'm not worried about him. No. Yeah. Uh, Just like the rest of the guys, like Soto, not worried about it. There, he may be just have a slow start and you know make an adjustment here or there and start hitting again.
0: yeah I think um I definitely think man the one reason I maybe wouldn't pick Manny is literally because of his defense like again yeah, offensively true. he's he's been probably right there with like most disappointing in terms of like the expectations expectations that you've had for for anyone on the squad just because he was number two in the MVP voting last year you know you want him to especially when Tatis is out you want him to kind of carry the team a little bit more uh both him and Soto um you know and unfortunately that didn't pan out but we'll see going forward yeah I think just his defensive eyes he probably could put up a sports center top 10 with just his plays already this year so I think that's Again, kind of like Grish, you're always going to have that with Manny, which is why we're so damn lucky to have him, but um I definitely agree with you offensively, he's been he's been pretty disappointing, especially in the last kind of 10 days there. Uh I think the most disappointing for me I was probably going to say Soto or Manny, so I'll try to pick someone else um kind of off the bat here, but I'd probably go Not crone. crone pr- without that, you know, two run bomb game and six RBIs, I probably would have went with him. Man, now that I'm on the spot, I'm probably gonna go Blake Snell, honestly. Um the three starts that he's had, I was at the game on Tuesday where he went five innings, two earned. Uh it could have been a lot worse than that. Th- that's a typical Snell start though, where yeah. he will just get out of jams because he can punch anybody out in the league um so he could have bases loaded nobody else and he'll get out of it from time to time so like by the end of the game like i've lost three three years off my life i've probably sweat (laughs) out like half a gallon of precipitation um (laughs) precipitation perspiration (laughs) um and uh you know but then he ends up with that scoreline like a five inning two earned five walk nine strikeout type of line Mm -hmm. yeah uh with Again, kind of similar with Manny and, and Soto with Musgrove being out and Darvish having kind of the slower start with the World Baseball Classic. You know, I really wanted to see him. He he got the bump on opening day. Uh, I was at that game, too. Actually, I saw the two games I've been to. I've seen Snell start. Uh, and the, the one game that he, I think it was against the Mets that he pitched against, too, was, that was his worst start of the year. But it's contract year. It's, you know, kind of the classic early season start that we've seen as Snell in a Padres uniform, but I really thought that he was going to come out a little bit firing. So I'd say kind of most disappointing player for me has probably been, been Blake Snell. And then the two, number two for me is probably Nabil, honestly. I think that, I know the World Baseball Classic has messed up a lot of guys, you know, just their routine for like a typical season, but I really hope that, People just haven't figured Nabil bill out, and then at the same time, he's just not hitting his spots because he's not a high velo guy. He's got to locate. He's got to switch his pitches up. So it's
1: important to him.
0: He's very yeah. It is really really important. So I'd probably I'd probably go with with those two just to stay on the the pitching side of things. Um Collectively, it's been pretty disappointing uh, across the board. Obviously, at nine and eleven. We're looking to be a ninety five win team. So. Uh you know even the odds of that happening now are gonna be pretty low unless we go on a yeah. really impressive run so collectively, everyone uh has been pretty disappointing as a team but um to switch it up and to end on some good news, who's been the uh kind of the shining light for you there uh so far?
1: The most surprising to me was uh or um is Seth Lugo in yeah. the rotation mostly coming out of the bullpen last year. Uh, he's been nailed so far. I mean, he's got, what, three starts, 16, two-third innings pitch, 2.7 ERA, and he's sitting with a 24% strikeout rate, which is pretty decent. And for a guy who hasn't, like, started in a bit, yeah, definitely wasn't expecting that in, from the rotation. That's, that's good production out of the rotation.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's like a number two right there. Um, so to he's it was like really between like him and Martinez of like who's going to be in the bullpen, who's going to start, like if everyone's healthy. And then it was like, well, Dar- Musgrove's out, Darvish, slow start, like they're both going to go. So then like Weathers popped in. So just to go on the offensive side, I know that we signed this guy to a fat contract in Xander Bogarts and he should be producing, but it's one thing to like know about someone. It's another thing to watch someone every day. And you can just see why everyone in Boston, like absolutely love this guy. He is the epitome of consistency, both offensively and defensively. You know, you and, and Quinn have mentioned on the pod in the past that like defensively, he went from like a very below average shortstop to now being very above average and close to that elite level. Uh, he's just, just such a steady Eddie in in that squad and just such a seasoned experienced veteran for being 30 years old. Uh, I, I think that, you know, we, the expectations were high. They're not, they're, I mean, he's not going to hit, I don't foresee him hitting 342 right throughout the course of the year. <laughs> um, that'd be amazing if he did, but you know, two eighties, two nineties, like he always has been. That's the type of guy that we need on this squad and he's carried the squad offensively pretty much by himself with a couple little cameos from a, you know, like a Soto bomb and a, and a Manny game and the crone game. And, you know, Grish had a couple good games and Kim earlier in the season, he's been a little bit quiet the last 10 games, but um, I just think Xander has just picked up in a completely different league in a completely different stadium, completely different city and just gone. I don't need to adapt. Like, I'm just, I'm going to go. I'm just going to go and go out there and play up to my contract so far so um he's been the obvious one i would kind of couple what you said with seth lugo and go with pretty much the back three um there and martinez lugo and weathers they've been our best pitchers this year in the starting rotation i know last game for darvish was fantastic it was so darvish says was seven innings one earned 12k got the loss (laughs) with our offense a bit of a bummer but uh, to really highlight the one, because I was going to say Seth Lugo too. Uh, Martinez had a bit of a rough game on his second start. Ryan Weathers was written off by probably almost everyone, like, including, I, I didn't write him off, but as a starter, he was kind of getting to the point where it's like, you got to show up or show out. The kid is, <laughs> was he 20? Three years old. He's 24 in December, so he's going to be 23 for the entire season. He's still extremely young. He three games so far this year. One one with a two eight one ERA, sixteen innings pitched, one one nine WHIP, ten strikeouts. The advanced metrics on Statcast look fantastic. When his growth from last year to this year, he was like pretty much bottom barrel in terms of fastball efficiency, and now he's like. I know it's a very small sample size, but. He's like right up there in like the top 10 percentile. So to see the changes he's made, uh, he's, I mean, Ruben Nobella has just been such an underrated, amazing acquisition. We bang on his name all the time here, um, as do a lot of others. But the development of a lot of our younger guys has definitely lagged behind a lot of other teams. And ever since Ruben got here, you're seeing these like little successes, like Gore looked a little bit shaky there. Right. And he all of a sudden was just had blister issues for a while and was throwing in spring training. And then last year it's like, he burst out of nowhere. Weathers didn't do all that great last year. And this year he's coming out of nowhere. Like Martinez and Lugo are supposed to be bullpen guys. And they're like locking down the back end of our rotation. So I think, Ruben takes like so much of that credit, but to Ryan Weathers, 23 years old, shouldn't be starting in the first place. He'll probably be the first one to go to the bullpen, but six innings last game, you know, I just, I've been so insanely impressed with how he's b- bounced back. It's so hard to do that at such a young age when you had such a awful kind of year and a half, two years. So I'll um, credit, all credit to him. I'll, I'll give him as kind of the, the surprise so far this year, but not sure how you feel about that pick.
1: Yeah, it's great.
0: I mean, you know, I
1: uh, from a nitpicking, I guess, standpoint, is his K rate's at fifteen point nine percent, about sixteen percent K rate, which is pretty low. Uh, But that's kind of who he is. Like he's, yeah, that's what he's done. He just he limits runs. Which, if you can't strike guys out, you're not really going to be a major league pitcher. And but if he can be effective enough he's going to help like he has already this season when we need a guy, you know, and he gets thrown in there. If he limits the runs, that's, that's all that matters. So he's, he's been better than expected. Like you said, you know, 16 innings already for us. So that's, that's huge with Musgrove out. Yeah. uh, It's like you said, it's going to be tough, a tough decision between, you know, Lugo weathers and, and uh, Martinez to see who goes to the bullpen once Musgrove is back. But I, I think you're probably right in weathers. I think maybe because Nick Martinez did so well out of the bullpen. Yeah. I think like, it, that's a possibility, mm-hmm. but uh, that's going to be a he, tough choice.
0: Yeah. And then Martinez also goes seven yesterday yeah. as well. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's a good problem to have for sure. Um, I would – I would foresee, especially with the contracts, Lugo and Martinez have signed that they'll keep them in the starting rotation as long as possible. Uh, and then, but I mean, to have any three of those guys go to the bullpen, like our bullpen needs it right now, you know, so if we can get a guy like that in any three of them. Sheesh, we'll take it right now. So uh, um, real quick, do you know uh, his K, his strikeouts per nine Ryan Weathers uh, so far?
1: this year just uh
0: just curious because i'm looking at a man by the name of david weathers
1: 5.63
0: so what was his k percentage actually
1: 15.9
0: so david weathers father 16.1 in his career
1: (laughs) career career K, K
0: right yep so hmm. that's kind of that's a little eerie i know again that's it's a it. small sample that's size crazy
1: but, that's so interesting um,
0: it's almost like he watched someone like every day of his life pitch <laughs> in a certain way because <laughs> he even throws he even like throws a lot like him so um <laughs> that's not that's crazy that's crazy i know that that's obviously like can change drastically and he could be a completely different player but that's that's pretty nuts um i was like thinking back i'm like david was wasn't a strikeout guy really like he he got strikeouts and it wasn't as emphasized back then as it is now but still 16.1 with the uh, i think it was like a six point let's see career 6.38 <laughs> strikeouts per nine that's nuts so pretty close but yeah i guess we'll uh we'll end it on that um anything you want to Bring up or push or?
1: Oh, I think um, excited Tatis is back. I think you know we're ten and eleven now, which is not that bad. It feels worse because we're expecting with you know Soto and Machado and Xander to just like crush teams, but with Tatis back, they're gonna have some monster games. And they're gonna go on a run for sure. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, your, your expectations, your conservative expectations for is 2020, I feel like ceiling 40, 40, like that's yeah in the amount of games that he, if he stays healthy, obviously, mm-hmm. but ceiling has got to be 40, 40 season. Like that's in the realm of possibilities because he's such a crazy, uh, you know, talented player.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's, Great point. Um, I was just looking at the box score from tonight. How you're saying we're just gonna have games where we blow up. Tati Soto Machado one, two, three tonight combined 0 for 13 with <laughs> one run, one walk, and five strikeouts. And we won seven <laughs> to five. So I think we're gonna be okay. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. It- if Grish can get four RBIs every single night, then hey, I think we're gonna be just fine in the A hole. <laughs> Very well, true. I think uh think we'll end it there. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it always coming on. Thank you. Uh we'll get uh we'll get rolling here again, hopefully in this like weekly format. Just work's been pretty, pretty nuts for the both of us, but um mm-hmm. we'll get this going now that the, the pods are back, baby. So Anyways, thank you for listening to another episode of the Pod Fathers, Slam Diego Padres podcast. We'll uh, we'll catch you next week. It's a promise. <laughs>
1: Thanks, Matt. Yeah, that is a promise. <laughs> that is a promise.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Pod Fathers, a Slam Diego Padres podcast. The Pod Fathers is produced by Los and Walls and is executively produced by Jacob Lamb. Our theme song. Is a Bubba by Trilock. To get in touch with the show, follow us on Twitter at Podfathers 619, that is at PADFATHERS 619, or email us at Podfathers at gmail.com. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other major audio platforms. Go Pods!